0: Hello and welcome uh, once again to season three of the uh, Cognitive Bias Podcast. It's been a while. We took the summer off, and now we're back fresh with a whole new season of biases. And this season, we're really going to focus on social biases, which are, I don't know, I feel like today we're just living in one big, giant social bias, so these should all be pretty, pretty relevant. Uh, And we're going to start with one that I think is going to be like a theme for this entire season. It's called the Actor-Observer Bias sometimes called actor-observer asymmetry, and the idea is that if you are watching something happen, if you're looking at somebody else doing something, you are going to kind of judge that person and that situation differently than if you are doing that thing yourself. So, like, a perfect example is if you're like uh, somebody, you watch somebody run a stoplight, and you're like, oh, that scofflaw, that person, he doesn't care about the rules, he's very... um, Uh, dangerous driver, you know, very irresponsible. How dare they? Whereas if you run a red light, you're like, oh, I was in a hurry or the person behind me was honking or I was late for work or whatever it is. Like, in the case of the person you saw do it, you attribute um their behavior to something about them personally, like there's something wrong with that person. Like their 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 internal mechanism is broken, right? Um, they're immoral. Whereas if you do it, you look at your circumstances. I was late. That's something outside myself, outside of my control, right? Um I was in a hurry, right? Like All those things are the circumstances. So we judge things differently depending on if we're the observer or for the actor. And this is very, very similar to the fundamental attribution error we talked a little bit last season in the civil discourse episode. Um, and it's worth reiterating, and we'll talk about fundamental attribution error a little later this season as well, and I don't mind repeating that stuff because this is really, really important to sort of how we are today, like in society, how we have conversations, especially political ones. And I'll reiterate something I brought up in a previous episode, right? So um, there's a, a joke that George Carlin tells that the, um, the You Are Not So Smart podcast brings up when they talk about uh, fundamental attribution error and, and, and some of these attributional errors. Um, that uh, I'm going to borrow right now because it's really, really good. But I'm also going to say please go listen to uh, the You Are Not So Smart podcast because it's like mine but ten times better and better researched and like he actually has real, like, uh, psychologists on. Um, (laughs) No, it's awesome and you should totally check it out. But um, he brought up an example that I thought was really good. There's an old George Carlin joke that basically goes, um, you know, anybody who drives uh, slower than you is an idiot. Anybody who drives faster than you is, is a maniac, right? And it's that notion of like you, like you've got it just right. So if you translate that to politics, it's anybody who's more conservative than you is like a bigot. Anybody who is more liberal than you is like a hippie idiot. Um, and but you, you're God's perfect creature. You've got it all worked out. And if that's how we approach life, right, assuming that everybody who does things that we don't do or do differently is are doing these things because they are inherently evil, but we, everything we do is just about our circumstances, or we, everything we do is somehow perfect, all right, we're going to have trouble. Um, Now, this isn't exactly that, but it's one of a variation of it, and you're going to see a lot of variations of this attitude this season as I talk about these different social biases. So the actor-observer one is really this idea that um, if I'm watching you do something, I think you're doing the thing because there's something wrong with you. Uh, whereas me, if I do the same thing, it's my circumstances. Um, and uh, a couple other good examples here. If you think about like people have high cholesterol, right? When we hear somebody else has high cholesterol, we might think, oh, they just m- must have poor eating habits, right? They're just like, they don't have any discipline. Whereas if we have high cholesterol, right? Oh, we're like, oh, well, you know, it's in my family. It's in my genes. I can't control it. There's a genetic component, right? So we we, we tend to look at the, the, the circumstances in, in our case. Same thing with like litter, right? Like see somebody like, see trash on the sidewalk. You see somebody is just lazy and terrible person. Whereas if you literally like, oh, I was in a hurry or I couldn't find a trash can or whatever, right? Um, Again, circumstances beyond your control. And where this becomes really, really important for the conversations we're having today are issues like poverty or immigration, right? Where we're assuming, I I think one of the most profound things like I've ever heard anyone say is like, it is an illusion that poverty is a choice, right? It's this idea, right? And, and where you land on that has a lot to do with the actor observer, observer effect, right? That, uh, if you, um, if, if you see someone who is poor, right? Or you just hear about poor people, right? You assume, Oh, they're poor because they are lazy, right? They're poor because they're not trying hard enough, right? Whereas if I ever fell on hard times, even that phrase, I fell on hard times, right? It's something that happens to me, right? Like, oh, the circumstances. Oh, I lost my job. It wasn't my fault. Um, Can you spare a dime? Can you help me out? Is there any sort of like program that I can uh, qualify for now? Like nobody who like loses their job, but was previously against like poor people is suddenly like, oh, I don't want unemployment. I'm going to do it on my own, right? Like, like all of a sudden it's <laughs> all of a sudden, right? It's 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 a circumstance that's happened to them. It's not my fault, therefore I deserve help, right? And who deserves help is a big, big issue in this country, right? And the actor observer effect has a lot to do with with how we perceive who does or doesn't deserve help. Um so if you're talking about poverty, if you're talking about immigration, right? Like to me I hear about immigration issues and my mind goes to that observer effect where it's like You could easily look at that and say, oh, well, they're breaking the law by trying to come to this country, so they deserve what they get, right? That's how people can actually justify separating families, right? It's, oh, well, if they hadn't come over, that wouldn't have happened. It's terrible, but they shouldn't have come over here, right? Versus, oh if you were in that situation, you would probably be look, probably be looking at the circumstances around that. Like, how bad does it have to be where you are before you decide, you know what, it's better to risk being separated from my family, right, than to stay where we are, because if we stay where we are, we're going to die, or something even, you know, worse. So, to me, you start to see, uh, in politics and policy, this actor-observer, um, bias play out in a big, bad way. um, Now, part of the reason I I think we fall for this, right, uh, is that you have, um, there's a little bit of availability heuristic. We've, We've talked about this a little bit before, but it's this idea that like what's sort of easiest to access is sort of how we like to interpret the world because we're, you know, we are in fact lazy. Um, but you can't see your own actions. Like when I'm running that red light, right. Or when I'm littering, like I cannot see myself from the outside. I can't be the observer and the actor at the same time. So I'm thinking about what I can see around me, which is my circumstance. Whereas if I watch someone do something, I can look at them. They're the thing I'm looking at. And so I'm going to say, Oh, um, I can see you. So I'm going to assume whatever you're doing is your intentionality when I do something, what I can see are my circumstances. So I'm gonna assume my circumstances are the thing that's actually acting. Does that make sense, right? It's this, it's this weird, like, what I can see immediately is the thing that I'm going to attribute things to. And if I have to think about it too much, like, think about, okay, my internal motivations and what's around me and this sort of, or look at someone and then think about, hmm, what's their life like, right? Like, that's not a leap that we generally go to. Like, that empathy takes effort. And that's just not, effort is not a thing our brain likes to do um, often. So I think that's part of why we sometimes fall into this this effect. Um, and there is actually this weird, like, um, notion that, you know, we assume all actions have intentionality, that people do things because they thought about them first, which is weird because if, even just saying that out loud, you realize, no, no, if you've lived a day in your life, you know that people don't really think things through. Like, generally, on the whole, people do not think things through. So if you see somebody do something, the odds that they're actually thought about that before they did it are very, very low. Um, So the person who ran that red light did not wake up that morning thinking, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to run some red lights. No, that's 100% not what's happening. And yet that's what we assume in the moment. We assume that, oh, people are rational beings, rational actors, right? And everything they do has purpose. So if they did something, it's because something inside themselves said, this is what I want to do. And last season we've talked about, or uh, in previous seasons, uh, this idea that actually you know, the whole point of this podcast is that these biases are based on quick, quick shortcuts our minds take uh, that we don't think about at all. And that 90% of, of human cognition is uh, below the threshold of uh, a conscious thought. And that's a conservative estimate, right? There are some scientists okay. who think it's actually way higher than that, like, to the point where consciousness is kind of a joke. Um, so, uh, so all the evidence thus far indicates that we generally don't have intentionality. We don't think things through before we do them. But when we're observing somebody, we assume, oh, yeah, they thought about that before they did it, which is another place that this this bias comes from. Um, now, there's a bit of, of controversy about this next point. So I've read that uh, this is less common with people you know well, so family members. So And the idea is that, well, you know them better, right? Their, their intents, their intentions, their circumstances are all more available to you because you know them. And so you're less likely to sort of blame them um, and their, like, own personality for the a- actions that they do and think more about their circumstance, which makes sense, right, because you know them better. However, um, uh, there's a 1996 study uh, by this dude, uh, Kruger, and a bunch, a couple other folks, and I'll put a link in the um, uh, show notes. I'm going to start putting show notes in the, on our Facebook page so people can kind of follow up on some of these um, studies I'm referencing. But uh, in, any, in any case, um, they, they found that actually even with, I think it was university, Dorm uh, roommates who know each other really well. Even then, they were seeing that yeah, there's actor-observer bias going on. Um, so it's really, really difficult to shake this, even in people you know well. Now, one interesting variation is what you, what you call uh, collectivist collectivist cultures, right? So um, the West especially America is a very individualistic culture. We tend to attribute things to individuals, you know, it's pull, you up, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? You know, everybody does their own thing, Um, whereas collectivist cultures, more Eastern cultures, you might say, find this in China or Japan, where there's more of a, you know, thinking about the whole, right? Thinking about everybody together. What, what is my role in relation to everybody else? Like what, what, they think more about the circumstance, think more about like, you know, the, the, the collection of people and what do we owe them? Now, uh, you see the observer, actor, observer, um, bias less in those collectivist cultures to the point where there's this really cool, uh, fish experiment. And again, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, but there's this fish experiment where, um, you show people, I think it's either a photo or an actual aquarium with fish kind of swimming in it. And there's all this stuff in the tank with them, like, you know, um, in the background and people, uh, Tend to notice if you're in a Western, like individualistic culture, they tend to notice the fish and be able to talk about the fish more. In the collectivist cultures, they actually are noticing details about the surroundings more, as well as the fish. They kind of hold them in more equal weight, um, which is an interesting distinction, right? But they're used to trained up and socialized to think about the whole picture. Um, the whole societal picture rather than just, hey, what's that one fish doing? Or what are just the fish, you know, in the foreground doing? So they think about the background and the foreground, which I think is really cool. Um, and it's really different from, I think, the way we're used to thinking about things, at least in the, in the West. So that translates into thinking differently when they watch someone run that red light, right? <laughs> you know, there's, there's a little bit um, less of that, of that um, actor-observer bias because they're used to observing in a way that takes into account the background, right? What's the, what's the context for all of this? Um, and this reminds me, just to come back to a previous point about poverty. Um, check out um, on the media podcast did a bunch of poverty myths uh, podcasts and and some of them do talk about poverty narratives in the news. Now, poverty narratives tend to stress like the individual in a way that's sort of counterproductive and lets you, not think about the systemic issues in poverty, which again, that's the the circumstance, right that's that's surrounding the poverty, not not the individual. Uh, so check that out if you want to learn more about how this bias sort of plays into our poverty nerves and how we how we talk about poverty. Um, now, one distinction I do want to make here is there's this bias called the self-serving bias, and I don't want to completely make it sound like, and this is the difference between this and the political thing um, about like you know i'm I'm God's perfect creature and I've got the perfect political views the the actor observer bias. Uh, is different from just purely a self-serving bias, where I'm always going to look at you and paint what you do in a bad way and paint what I do in a good way. Because even if what you do is good, um, and you can hear my dog in the background, I don't know if you've missed that, but hi Marley, everyone say hi. Um, Even if the thing that you're observing is someone doing something good, right? Oh, they won the Nobel Peace Prize. You're going to say, oh, that's probably because they're a good person. Like you are going to still attribute it to something about their inherent character. You're not going to say, oh, oh, it must be a weak year. Right, <laughs> or they must have bribed somebody on the council, or right, or like you know, it's, it's it's you're going to attribute it to them. Whereas, if um you know, and this this can work against you, right? If you do well on a test, you might attribute that to uh, if it's like the actor observer thing, you might attribute it to oh, what was an easy test, right? The circumstances, right, rather than your own individual ability. And there are variations on this, especially when it comes to how you judge yourself, because your brain tends to want to put you in the best light. But at least in terms of the observer bias part of that, um, you know it's the observer bias when even if it's something good that they did, you're attributing it to their goodness and not to something in their surroundings. Um, so. Anyway, that is, uh, that is it for our uh, season premiere, season three premiere. Um, I hope you will stick with us through the rest of the season as we work through these social biases. Um, for the Cognitive Bias Podcast, I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas, and we will see you next time.